and welcome to episode 82 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name is Chris Brown. Today we're talking about the third episode from season three. It was originally broadcast on October 22nd, 1972. Written by Rod Serling on his original idea and directed by Geno Swark. And um, it's a criticism I've thrown in a couple of Serling episodes, but this one again has a slightly Twilight Zone feel. Good evening. As the resident custodian of this museum, I bid you welcome and offer you the felicitations of our entire staff, most of whom are out and about at the moment, since they tend to be night people. Our artists and artisans take a rather pardonable pride in their work that you see hanging here. An example is this item here. It's called Rare Objects, and represents that potpourri of collector's items that some men are prone to acquire. But there are collector's items and collector's items. Offered to you now an excursion into the very strange. Tonight's offering in the Night Gallery. Mickey Rooney, of all people, is a mobster. A mobster called Oogie Colodi. And uh, Oogie Colodney, sorry. And Colodney is a is a nasty piece of work, but also a bit rubbish as a gangster. We see him. In a in a restaurant, first off, he's on his own, suspiciously so. I think it's safe to say, and um, some mobsters come in that he knows, alleged friends and associates, and they start shooting. But he manages to get away. But he takes a slug in his shoulder. He goes to a doctor. The doctor gives take, removes the slug, but gives him some advice. He says, "This happens too often to you." You're running out. Uh, you're running out of lives and luck. You need to find a way out. And our man Mickey Rooney says, uh, <laughs> "says, but you know, how can I, I? I'm running out of time. How can, how can I possibly get out?" And he says to him, "I've got a friend who can save you." And he asks how much it's going to cost him, and the doctor says, "Pretty much everything he's got." Jealous of me. You want out? Do I want out? I want out so. One of these days, I'm gonna take a razor. Gonna have to have a bucket brigade to clean up the mess. There's a, uh, there's a name and address on this slip of paper. Somebody who might be able to help you. Help me what? Survive. If you're as hungry for it as you say you are. Survive. How much will it cost me? A lot. But you'll stay breathing. <laughs> That's good enough for me, Doc. So he takes the the money, and um, and goes to a uh, goes to a house that's quite isolated. It's a massive mansion, in fact, <coughs> and it's run by a man called Doctor Glendon, who's played by Raymond Massey. Glendon, this house is more like a museum than it is a home. 
It's filled with incredibly rare but interesting and amazing objects. The kind of things that dazzle the eye and focus on. Glendon gets pours the man a drink and they sit there and he explains that he's the kind of guy who's always collecting things and always wants something. And he can keep him safe. But there's a, there's a problem. He wants, he wants a lot. Everything he owns, everything he's got, to keep him alive. And let's be honest with you, there's been that many assassination attempts on you. You need, you know, you need to be kept alive. He'll keep him alive and safe for a very long time. But he needs everything. He's going to take everything from, from him. <laughs> um, Claudney says, yes, he agrees. But he feels groggy. The red wine he's drinking at the moment, this fine chateau that he's having, it's very rare, is drugged. And it becomes clear that the doctor's up to no good. He kind of stumbles and is pulled across the um, the mansion to a separate area. One with cell after cell after cell. And the doctor explains that in actual fact he has a very different collection behind closed doors. It's not just the fine wines and whiskey in the front, rare tiger skins and whatnot. In the back he collects far more dangerous specimens. Specimens that will live for a very long time because of the drug that they've been given. Specimens like Adolf Hitler, now caged and locked up like a horrible, disgusting museum piece. My prized possession, obtained in Argentina in 1947. At incredible expense. Roald Amundsen, known to you, I am sure, as a discoverer of the South Pole, but long presumed dead in the vast wastes of the Arctic. so-called hobby I have spared no expense. And now, Mr. Colodney, you have the honor of joining my collection. Now, anyone who's seen people who are like all over the Twilight Own Zone episode will realize that our man Mickey Rooney has his own cell with his name already on the on, on the wall ready ready for him. And his look of fear and shock is shown on his face in his drugged haze as he realises nothing he can do. And now, while indeed he will live for a long time, it is as a very certain drugged prisoner. Um, that's it really. That's our story for tonight. Um, I've started thinking about these kind of episodes, the Rod Salem ones, and... It's a bit harsh, really. Like, the kind of ones where you phone up Rod and say, Rod, we need a script. And Rod bashes one out in the morning and it's brilliant and it's fantastic. But, you know, it has a certain feel to it. And that's incredibly harsh because it's a well-written script. It's not his best work, but it's well executed. And, you know, if you can create something like that that quickly, you know, all more power to you, to be fair. (laughs) It's real power in the last 10 minutes 
the second half, I suppose you could say, far easier. The interplay between Massey's Dr. Glendon and Rooney's uh, Oogie. They're, um, they're sparring almost, this dangerous mobster, a little fella, but uh, obviously a guy who's had a bit of a punch to him, who kind of walks into a lion's den with all the arrogance of a man who's obviously killed a fair few people in his life. I suppose Rooney would look like an unusual choice because, you know, he's such an old-school entertainer. But for me personally, I think he, he's a good one. He look, he can do mobstery quite well. He's like, you know, he's that short, stout, kind of punchy kind of guy, you know. The, the, he could easily be, you know, almost a James Cagney-esque style brawler. <laughs> and instead, um, he's, uh, you know, I mean, but admittedly, it's Mickey Rooney, you know, like the song, all singing, all dancing entertainer as well. But I quite like that. I like the fact because dangerous men, uh, I've always found, are not necessarily the ones that are actually that dangerous. They're the type of people that you're mates for ages and then the eyes go dead and they just snap. And uh, Rooney can do that. That opening shot when the, he's eating and the camera pans back and he's kind of dead-eyed in this empty restaurant and there's tension there. Great shot from Swark. I think that works really well, you know. Um, and it's because it's kind of cold, and he's got he's got th- those kind of eyes in that shot, and he looks like the kind of man who could come out shooting, and indeed he does. Um, it's you know I, I like it, I enjoy it, I think it's really cool. I mean, seeking of Rooney, Geno Swark says that one I loved. Mickey Rooney was a riot because he was always on. They say when he gets up at night to open the fridge and the light goes on, he does 10 minutes. And Raymond Massey was as serious as the Pope. But I hit it off with him because I was all—I was probably one of the few guys in America who had seen his performance in Michael Powell's Stairway to Heaven, one of my favourite films of all time and one of the greatest movies ever made. You've got to see it. It's his best. So, in that sense, obviously, you know, there's a, there's a lot going on there. I mean... It's good that, I mean, obviously Rooney's kind of like an old school entertainer, but that interplay with Massey and the tension that that brings, you know, that it's good, particularly because, you know, Massey's role is very much welcome to my house, you know, like spiders to the fly kind of stuff, really, decisions are being made. There's some nice shots as well. I was saying about the opening shot, but also the... um, the scene, it's like that scene in um, the diary when they go through the sanatorium at the end. And, uh, you know, it's not very nice. Uh, it's quite cold. And, you know, it hits you with quite a lot of images. And it's quite stark in comparison to the rest of it. And I think there's an element to that with this. I mean, particularly when you see Hitler in a, you know, in a, in a cell. It seems quite random. It's quite surreal and, and quite silly in truth. But... It's done so well, and with Massey's kind of like solid performance and Rooney, you kind of because you like the man so much, you go with him on that journey, and and you kind of believe what he's doing. Um, it is okay, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Not my favorite, not my favorite of the series, Uh, not my favorite sailing script certainly, but also you know uh, it's kind of fun and um, it works well. My my genuine feeling on it is. And I let, this is harsh, I think, for it to be fair. It's quite... It, need, it could do with being shorter, just a little bit shorter. 
get get him to Massey's house as soon as possible. So that kind of interplay can work out. Because before then, you're not bothered. All you need to do is to hit. The stuff with the doctor's kind of secondary really, you know, you could kind of get that quickly in a different way. <coughs> Narratively it's important, but you you really want to get him into that room and, and get there as soon as possible so you can punch on the on the shock earlier sooner on. I'm not saying it needs a lot of trim now out of it. Maybe two or three minutes. Not even that maybe. I mean obviously you can't do that because it's we're now in these 22 24 minute episodes and there's nothing you can do about that which is frustrating but that's just the nature of the beast i suppose but never mind still an entertaining one and who wouldn't like to see who doesn't want to see uh, mickey rooney as a gangster anyway i think you'll find all the comforts available according to our agreement no tensions no jeopardy and no need to be afraid. And further than that, Mr. Kolodny, you're going to live a very long time. A very, very long time. Right, so, um, you want to get hold of me, please do. Uh, my email address is chris at thetwilightzonenetwork.com. The website is www.thetwilightzonenetwork.com. On there is all our articles. Um, various bits and bobs, suspense, uh, X-1, loads of these now. Flipping out, we're in the 80s. And uh, Tom's uh, Twilight Zone podcast. And also various articles and, and whatnot as well, as and when we can have time to get them up. Unfortunately, me and Tom are very busy, so it can be it can be tougher. It's not you know it can be tough to get stuff sorted. Um, or you can get hold of me on my private Twitter, which is at orange underscore monkey. I always like to say hello. It's great to talk to people about Twilight Zone, about the you know why they love it, that kind of stuff. It's always great. Next week, we have got Spectre in Tap Shoes. The return of Gene Kearney as a writer. Well, as a director, I should say. And Jack Laird as a, as a writer. Yeah. Not the best. Not the best. I'm, like, I'm getting kind of down on this stuff. There's, there's some good stuff coming. Um, the Other Way Out is, is a good Gene Kearney piece. He shows himself really well. Um, you know, it's not all Fright Night. Uh, sometimes there's a, you know, there's a Finnegan's Flight in there as well. So some decent stuff still to come. Until we reach there then, take care and I'll speak to you soon. Goodbye.